Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Now that we've sufficiently discussed notebooks, let's talk about wrestling. Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's Patrick O'Dell. You straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Ribbon Morales. The biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. That is right. A show opening. To start the show. I don't even know the last time we did that. I really don't. I I don't know because I didn't hear it. Right. Yeah, you can't hear it. I know. But, so I didn't I didn't even know. I just kept waiting for you to talk. But so, I think like last week we didn't even play the opening. Like we no, literally we just, just dove we just right went in. in. Did we even introduce the show? Did we ever say we like, somewhat did? Know, we we did get the Twitter show. out there and we did all that stuff. And, and dude, we've been Crazy. doing this for twelve years. I don't care about introducing the show anymore. Like I just don't. And and I should. What? But it's just fun to dive in and talk about stuff. You're, you're and, a consummate professional. It's good. I mean, <laughs> always, never ending. Always, always, and never ending. So, but, you know, since we're here, this is the Greg DeMarco Show with Greg DeMarco and Patrick O'Dowd, part of the Chair Shot Radio Network, which you can hear all the time, anytime, lots of different ways, but you can definitely hear it right here at thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always. Use your head. You can also listen on YouTube, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, so many more. Like, subscribe, leave a five-star review, hit the little bell to get the notifications, follow the website at Chairshot Media, follow me at Greg DeMarco 404. But above all else, go to the Twitter, get Patrick O'Dowd over the hump of 500 real followers. Well, 500 followers. They're not, no one has all real followers. Like that's just not possible in, in this day and age of Twitter, but do so at wrestling realist. That's W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. That's right. You heard it right. Do not adjust your listening device because there is no I in wrestling, but there is one in realist and there is one in Patrick and there is one in friend for the wrestling realist, for the best friend, for the Patrick, which you can follow on the Twitter. As we talk about the wrestling, Patrick O'Dowd. What are you at now? What 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 are you what are you what's the follower count up to or down? Well it's to? funny. I don't I don't remember what, I don't remember where we left off. Like the four sixties. Yeah, I'm in the I'm at four seventy six now and I've had quite the run yeah. of fake followers. So oh, So Elon hasn't gotten rid of those yet. No. Starting with Catherine. Guijano or oh yeah, Uyano, I don't know. Yeah. Katie, we call her Katie. Yeah, Katie Q. Yeah, with yeah. her with her five followers. 
all the way up to my most recent ad, uh, Raven Cardwell. Um, who she you know, she just followed me not too long ago today. She's totally nice. legit, real person, I believe it. Um, but yeah, I think I picked up like 10 followers. Yeah, that's good stuff right or there. Something. Yes, all, all legit followers, too. Completely real. None of them are. No, they're all real. All yeah. one, just like pro wrestling, all 100% real. Very much so. Yeah, no. I believe it. They are not scripted followers. They are real followers. So awesome. Well, you too can follow Patrick O'Dowd, just like all of his other 476 real followers at Wrestling Realist, W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. We are talking about the wonderful world of professional wrestling because some some things have happened with some pro wrestlers and, and that elicits a response from from the social media that is, is as usual is quite stupid and we're going to talk about it. So let's start off with the original bro, Matt Riddle, Patrick O'Dowd explain to everybody what, what is the narrative that has been tried to push online regarding one Matthew Riddle. I, I mean, I guess narrative seems a little, uh, a little loaded because that means more than one person would be saying it. Um, but uh, well-known Twitter handle. Wow. This guy actually has a lot of followers. So, and they follow me. So the people's champ who uh, tweeted um, after Damian priest defeated Matt Riddle priest winning is more about Damian than Riddle. Matt is fallen out of favor. It seems. Randy not healthy doesn't help. Riddle sliding towards the enhancement talent territory. And I, I just shared that message with you and said, this is certainly a take. And it definitely is that. It definitely is a take. Is it a good take? Is it a bad take? Is it a hot take? Is it a cold take? How would you categorize said take? I categorize it as a bad, bad, bad take. Like, I just say bad because currently what that implies, it's that there, one, it implies that they're ashamed to losing to Damian Priest right now. And right. that's ridiculous given how hard he is being pushed in the company right now. And the spots that he's been in in the last few premium live events, his positioning in the store, the overarching stories within Monday Night Raw and his placement on the card, losing to Damian Priest is not a whoa, how the mighty have fallen scenario here. Not at all. Uh, and, and as you pointed out, the context of that loss was to further a storyline. As I pointed out both off air. Yes. Yeah. To me. Sorry, you pointed yes. it out to me off air. Because you didn't do that thing where you record for 20 minutes before we started. No, no, not this week. Like I said, we, we actually it, we started the show with we had an opening. the opening. It's, it's crazy, I know. It's crazy. Um, Yeah, I'm with you. It's stupid. Like, and and especially in the modern day WWE, where we're not doing so much 50-50 booking and we're not doing so much of crap finishes, although there was, you know, shenanigans involved here, we're actually letting people lose and now we're complaining about that. Again, I need the Daniel Bryan Danielson fickle soundbite because no one will ever be happy. That's all it is. No one, no one is a small population of people. Maybe at this point, just party of one, but it's never just a party of one when it comes right. to opinions on wrestling and social media. But like you well, said, somebody, somebody did, somebody did reply to the take and would be like, well, and don't forget he was suspended for, for drugs. So clearly that's what it is. Yeah, that's he's, what it is. You know, he's done. He's done just like Randy Orton, who's been out of the company for 10 years since his four drug violations. Right. Yeah, Matt Riddle's going to be just fine, number one. But it's like you said, we, we literally used a Matt Riddle loss 
to further two different things. We, we used a Matt Riddle loss to further Damian Priest push, which as is, is well documented at this point, the company is high on him. Like you talked about, he's in high profile situations. He made Bad Bunny look like a million bucks. Whenever you make the celebrity look like a million bucks, things go well for you in the company. Right. Looking at you, Jinder Mahal. That, that's why I called it. The whole reason I called Jinder's push was because he made Rob Gronkowski look like a million bucks at WrestleMania 33. This is now the second time Damian Priest has made Bad Bunny look like a million bucks. So it's about time the company realizes what they have in the guy. And with Matt Riddle, we're building a program with him and Gunther, and that's why Imperium was was involved in the ways that they were. So to me, this checks all the boxes. It's and 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 what I love is is when people don't understand the creative process. Because this may have been a situation where creatively you're like, okay. We want to get, you know, we, we need interaction with Matt Riddle and with Imperium. And okay, we need a win for Damian Priest. Well, how do we accomplish both? Here's how we accomplish both. And, and one of the things that has changed in the Triple H era of the company is, is when there was a feud going on, you would typically live within itself in, in right. the story, you know, creative storytelling. And that led to a lot of repetition. And now feuds will intersect. When a member of, of each or stories will intersect, when a member of each story will collide and both their stories will be enhanced and then they will separate again, which is what has happened here. So I think that, that people are just not used to that, but really what they've done is remedied something people were complaining about for a really long time and they don't even realize it's been remedied. So that right. is, is what it is. I, I love, I love how, you know, nuanced your, your discussion is. Uh, with this when mine is basically like guy I like didn't win so he must be falling out of grade. Like, but I don't even know I, if it's 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 I, have I to don't go even back know if that's the case. We have to look yeah. set, look up said Twitter's history and see if they really don't like Riddle. Or it could be guy I like is not getting pushed and now we're doing this. That's what I'm saying. Guy guy I like is not getting pushed. Or it could just be more of know. you know I want to be a hot take artist and and that that's well yeah fo- I guess the faux the faux expert thing like that's a faux expert thing. Yeah. Like, as they do, they're like, must have fallen out of favor. Like, what What are you talking about? What does that mean, falling out of favor? Like, Now, if Dave Meltzer said that exact line, must have fallen out of favor, it would be reported as news that Dave Meltzer's reporting right. oh, absolutely. that Matt Riddle was... has fallen out of favor. When no, he's Sources just guessing that he may have. And he's not even claiming it's news, but the internet would. But we're not here to talk about Dave right. Meltzer. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's literally just people trying to – they just need – engagement fodder they need whatever like the amount of of importance that people put upon this stuff is is crazy because it doesn't lead to anything i doubt this person writes anywhere i doubt this person podcast although everybody writes in podcasts so maybe they do who knows but you would it doesn't seem to have any usefulness outside of i just want to sound smart on social media which at this day and age is a use apparently i don't know Riddle's been there. It's been a while since Riddle got called up. Both of these guys were in prominent matches at WrestleMania 37. We just had 39. Both of these guys, Riddle had a great match with Sheamus where he did his, his Asai moonsault. Um, I don't know what he calls it. It's not the floating bro. That's something else. And ate a bro kick from Sheamus in midair. Damian Priest, of course, teamed with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania 37. Like, the, these guys have become prominent members of the company and, 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 and they're both going to be fine. They're both not going anywhere. Riddle's going to feud with Gunther and they're going to be amazing matches and great matches. I do think that maybe they, if I could speculate anything, anything at all, I would speculate that maybe they're not totally sure how to use Matt Riddle. Maybe. But I mean, they put that. him over Rollins in a fight pit match at the you know the the last match of the Extreme Rules pay per view. Yes, he went right. away for the drug issues, but like even that might be a stretch. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, it does. It does feel like he's twisting a little bit, but now he's he's got a direction. Exactly, and that's like, where see, and, and you make a great point, and when you use that phrase, and that's a good phrase to use. We can't label people based on wins and losses, but I think you can label people based on scope of direction. 
Is there a direction for this person? If the answer is yes, then they are not an enhancement talent. They are not currently being used to put over other people. Right. Like you could say that about the Miz right now. What's his direction? He doesn't yeah, really have is, one. He's, yeah, he's being a, used to elevate others. And he's brilliant because he's the Miz. He's right. brilliant in everything he does. And, and would you call it – But would because here's the thing. When, when you talk about the Miz, would anybody in their right Miz – or right Miz – they're right, Mizine. Right. How's that? Right, Mizine. Label him enhancement talent because there is a negative connotation. It's it's basically what Smarks now right. consider a a quote unquote jobber, except now they're an enhancement. Talent. What's funny about that is, is at, no. But if you look at what the Miz does, literally. He's an enhancement talent. Absolutely. That, I, mean, I don't know if that's where if that's where you're going, but like I was, he yeah. makes other people he makes other people. Dolph Ziggler's the same way. Dolph Ziggler made, made makes people better when he when, when he works with them, and he can take the L over and 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 over, and over again, and it doesn't even matter in the minds. I like the Miz loses so often, and nobody walks around saying that the Miz has fallen out of favor with anybody. No, they will call him a jobber and they will call him that stuff, but no one claims that he's fallen out of favor. They'll just use it to tell us that he sucks and has no credibility, even though he continues to excel at everything he does and, and Uh continues to hit home runs every time that he's out there. That's, but, but he, it sucks because the, to the phrase enhancement talent does have that negative connotation. Like you were talking about when it's really not a bad thing at all. In fact, it's one of the most necessary roles in all of pro wrestling. Because you can't right. always be on top. And if everybody was on top, nobody would be on top. Like that's just just how it works. Like if everybody's special, nobody's special. So so you gotta find ways to be, especially if they're special in the same way. If because yeah, almost absolutely. everybody is special. That's why they're in WWE. But if everybody exactly. is 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 winning, then nobody's winning. And if everybody's losing, then nobody's losing. But it, it, the Miz can be special without winning. He doesn't need to win to be special. Whereas Cody Rhodes still kind of needs to win uh, as he's building these high-level feuds. Damian Priest right now needs to win. Damian Priest is an example of where wins and losses matter. Because he just right. lost to a celebrity. And they want to push yes. him. So what he needs mean? wins. And he needs wins over credible names. Which, to the majority of the audience... Matt Riddle is not the uh, pocket of Twitter, but the majority of right. the audience who doesn't go online and super analyze the product on Twitter. Matt Riddle's a star and Damian Priest just beat a star. Oh, absolutely. 1000%. So yeah, shitty narrative as always that one person is trying to push and I'm sure it's, it's drizzled down into others. Speaking of stars, people who are bona fide yep. absolute stars and speaking of shitty narratives, that brings us to, to a person who we have talked about at length in this program many, many times where the phrase was coined, LOL, Charlotte wins, where Greg picked Charlotte mm-hmm. Flair to win at WrestleMania 34 and end Oscar streak when no one else would. And here we are, 2023, Oscar's presented with a brand new championship. And who was it Oscar or was it Rhea? Am I backwards? Um, no, it was Friday. Oscar. It was Oscar. Yeah. Yeah, it was Oscar. Oscar gets presented with a new championship. And who should show up but Charlotte Flair? So, Patrick O'Dowd, what is the, the narrative that, that some might be trying to push now that Charlotte Flair has returned and made her, her big, I can't call it triumphant return, but her big return on SmackDown? So, again, I love that. Uh, it was a, it was a tweet. I actually don't even I don't even have the tweet anymore. I didn't yeah. share it. Uh didn't didn't send it to you in messages. But basically the tweet said that all of the four horsewomen or or sorry, of the four horsewomen, Charlotte's the only one who has had no character development. There's been no character change to Charlotte. There's no character development. And basically arguing that that's some sort of indictment on Charlotte. Because her I'm the champion and will always be the champion shtick is it, it loses meaning every time she comes back and does it. And right. That that that's 
that's, yeah, that's a problem. Okay. So let's talk about that. I, I wish, I wish okay. these people were on the program sometimes, but then I don't because I know how the conversation would go. Bailey right. has definitely had character changes and evolution. Absolutely. hundred percent. Right. Becky Lynch has had a, a bigger character change. Well, well, Bailey has, has a huge as well. As was Becky Lynch's. When she became the man, that all did. And, and even though she's had other you know, iterations with big-time Becks and all that, like since Becky Lynch became the man, she's kind of been that character. Well, that was in 2018. Right. That was five years ago this fall where Becky Lynch became the man thanks to the errant punch from Nia Jax. When Bailey turned heel and became the Bailey that we have today, she's pretty much remained that. Yes, she became the leader of damage control, but still the same heel Bailey. Let's talk about Sasha Banks for a second. I know she's not in right. the company right now, but she's elsewhere. Right. Outside of changing her name, which was necessary since she left the company, from Sasha Banks to Mercedes Monet, has she really changed at all? No. She has not. Her character has not changed one bit. So that brings us to Charlotte Flair, who many consider to be the greatest women's professional wrestler of all time at this point. Over the past few years, Patrick Goddard, since, since Roman Reigns made his return at the SummerSlam that carried the tagline, you'll never see it coming, which no one except for David Ongar said meant that Roman Reigns was returning. Has his character really evolved all that much since he became the tribal chief? Oh, no, no. Is anyone no. complaining that his character has not changed all that much? No. Is no, anyone complaining either. that over the past three years, two and a half, three years, Seth Rollins' visionary character hasn't changed all that much? No. No, we, we love it. We sing along with him and, and somehow degrade Finn Balor. From the mid-80s until... We'll just use WrestleMania 24 as, as a benchmark. Did anyone really complain that Ric Flair's character did not change? Oh, of course not. No. I loved it. Because what happens as a pro wrestler is that is this process of where you eventually find yourself and this is who you are. And if Chris Jericho were to return to WWE, He'd pretty much be the same Chris Jericho we're seeing right now in all elite wrestling. Like he's done evolving and changing. When you find your character, when you find out who you are, that's it. You're good. You're done. Then, then that's that's who you stay forever. The Miz, right? When he became the A-lister yep. version of the Miz, which was after he won his first world title, and he started getting reality shows and 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 the celebrity wife and all that stuff. He's been that all along, and, and that's good. That's what he's been. Like, once you find that character, you're good. You're, you're, you're set. You're done. I look at, like, a Rhea Ripley. Maybe, it's, maybe this is her. Maybe it's not. Maybe she'll have another evolution. I don't know. You don't know until you get there because it doesn't make sense until it happens. Like, with Seth Rollins, when he was a visionary, we didn't know. We didn't know if this was it. Right. And now that he's he's this megastar and he's the second biggest star in the company and has been for a while, it's like, oh, yeah, that's him. You know, Cody, Cody might be there. I'm not 100% sure. You know, it, that's true. You, you haven't even talked about the ultimate example of the dude who found his thing and, and never changed it and everybody loved it for it for a really long time. I mean, the guy dominated the 80s. Well, I thought about him. But then he turned heel and formed the NWO. So sure, like ten years after, and yeah, I don't know. Hogan's a tough like, example because Hogan is literally—you could make the argument that he is the greatest babyface and the greatest heel in the history of pro wrestling, all wrapped up into true. one person. How about um? Let's see who else. So is it's really hard to even him. use it. Like he's so far off in a stratosphere that many people today can't even understand. That it's hard to use him he's, as a he's, he's a he's a he's a polarizing guy. Everybody hated him, yeah, behind the scenes. Right. But kids loved him. The Ultimate Warrior, like that dude, had one thing. He did one thing. Everybody right. went home happy. Period. Yes. That everybody went home in their cars. He went home in his rocket ship, and everybody was happy. Yes, that's what happened. But with Chicken Charlotte Ropes, Flair coming back, so so here's my thing. 
Because the problem is this. When Charlotte Flair comes back, she tends to win a championship. She's won the mm-hmm. championship on her first night back multiple times, then yes. lost it and left. Like that's literally right. what happened. She won. She beat Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship over the holidays, the, you know, the winter holidays this year, on her first night back, lost it at WrestleMania, had the rematch. No, she didn't even have a rematch at, at, at Backlash, did she? Did she have a rematch at all? No, I don't just, think she did. I think she just disappeared after WrestleMania and then went away. It was last year. It was last year when she, she beat Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Those damn part-timers. The, the rematch at Backlash, right? Um, I don't think she's coming back to take the title off of Asuka this time. I, I don't think so. I think, I think she's coming back for Asuka to beat her. Exactly. Much like what the person said about Matt Riddle and Damian Priest, how Riddle losing was more about Damian Priest, even though it wasn't. To me, this is all about Asuka because I think Triple H being in charge really wants Asuka to be at that same level as Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, you know, and, and, and really those are the top two that, that you could even point to. And the way you do that is by putting her in the ring with those people and having her win. And everyone complains so much about how there's no programs for the women outside of the title. There's no programs for the women, you know, and then they, oh, well, except for Trish and, and Becky, because that doesn't involve the title. Well, I think we're about to get one on SmackDown after we get through Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Once we get through Asuka right, and Charlotte right. Flair, I could see Charlotte feuding with like a Raquel Gonzalez or somebody who can really benefit from a feud with Charlotte Flair that doesn't involve a championship. And I do think that's going to happen. This is also Charlotte's big return where Triple H is like fully in charge. He set the rosters. He's changed all the championships. Like this is, you know, yes, she returned when Triple H was in charge in December, but things were still in disarray. Things were still in transition. Now we're kind of getting set. And then Charlotte comes back. That's my thoughts. What are your thoughts? I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that, yeah, I I think that people are overthinking Charlotte's purpose in this case, and or maybe they're underthinking. It, but maybe they're underthinking. I don't know. Taking maybe the easy way out. Yeah, I guess. Um, it just it seems weird to me that that we would go to the Narnia of LOL Charlotte. Like this is one of the few times where LOL Charlotte wins just doesn't doesn't seem to make any sense, and and the. People behind the you know people making the decisions know that if they if they really want to build this they got to actually build this like like Oscar just dethroned the largest you know the longest running yep. champ like you're gonna have her lose two months later no less than two months later like no, what are you no, talking you about like what are we doing here because Oscar's so, kind of hitting her evolution right she she's kind of hitting right. Her character. And he, I think Bianca she, she looks Bianca's about yeah. to, in my opinion. I think she's gonna right. turn heel. And I think her and Montez and maybe yep. the Street Profits, uh, I think they're about to to completely. Her and Montez for sure, absolutely. Yeah. The, it's funny you talk about um Oscar finding, you know, kind of finding her thing, as that seems to be the the theme of this episode. She she looks so comfortable she right now. Like in the ring. Out of the ring, walking to the ring, backstage promos. This well, character this seems to be similar to one, you know, right? One aspect of her character she had in Japan. So, right, I think that it's, it's, it's and, familiar. And so it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a comfortable old coat. It's smart. It, um, it's, it's very smart. And if too. you and if you want that and if you want that to work, like you, you gotta you gotta again put some put some wins under some belts uh, yeah. and. Keep it going forward. It's interesting. She's because another one where wins matters, in my opinion. The, the the way the company is going, they are actually yep. creating more and more situations where wins and losses matter. Because right. like I've said before, wins and losses don't matter unless they matter. And I do feel like we're getting to where more and more wins and losses matter, which is ironic because on the other channel, when AEW is on, they, they stop worrying about records. They stop worrying about a lot of stuff. And now we're to the point where wins and losses don't really matter. Jake Hager, formerly right. known as Jack Swagger, is about to challenge Wardlow for the TNT Championship. Jake Hager never even really wrestles. Why is he getting a title shot? It's just it's probably the hat, dude. it's the bucket hat. 
Well, it's probably to get us to Jericho versus Wardlow, which is fine because everything, everyone that Jericho wrestles look like a million bucks. And then when it's over, Tony Khan has no idea what to do with them. And, and now Jericho, because right. Jericho is the one who says, I want to work with Ricky Starks. I want to put, I want to put this action and ready guy over like Jericho does all that. And then after it's over, and Tony then they, they just, again, directionless. Exactly. It's all about direction. And, and that's that going back. Cause we talked about everybody evolving and finding themselves. That's where we are with Matt Riddle right now. I don't think we've seen right. his ultimate form yet. In right. WWE. In fact, I think he's he's lost some of that since returning. I think who he was before he left and who he is now was closer. Is is actually I think it's further away to being that 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 final form character. And I do think part of the reason why is because there's no Randy Orton. Not that he needs to be in a team with Randy Orton to get there, but I think that having Orton helps him develop and grow to that point. And I think the lack of Randy Orton and him having to go away have both caused right. that regression in terms of character development for Matt Riddle. He will get there though. He he will get there and, and it'll be, and, and he'll still do great and he'll still, still, you know, still get there. Do you think, um, sorry, as we're, as we're kind of throwing names out there, yeah, that's fine. Do you think Sammy's hit his final form? Yes. Yes, I do. I don't know though, because I would have told you that WrestleMania 30, Daniel Bryan Danielson had hit his final form. And then he had a whole heel run later as this like, you know, tree hugger nature character with his own sustainable championship belt. And now he's kind of this, this, you know, fighter character, whatever in AEW, maybe. But but he, yeah, it it might be. And, who knows? Well, when he comes back to the WWE for his Hall of Fame run, we'll we'll probably get the answer. You know, when he comes um, back to the WWE for his Hall of Fame run, he's going to be the yes guy again. I, I hope so. I think he will, and I think the, that'll o- be his the audience, the audience won't let him do it, or the audience will let him make him because because that's where he peaked, um, in all honesty. And right. and I do think if he, when he gets that one more run, and he will, I think it'll be that. Whereas Jericho, I think will be the Jericho of today, because because Jericho, much like Cody. And this is where people don't understand why certain aspects of the business are so important. Music is such an important aspect of the business. And and many people don't yes. realize just how important it is. Cody owning the rights to his own theme song allowed him to use the same same theme song in WWE, in AEW and then bring it to WWE. Well, Jericho definitely owns the rights to his own oh, theme yeah. song because he sang the he, damn thing. And see, I think he, yeah, I was like, he knows the guy who wrote it. Yeah, I think he does. And performed it. And, and owns it. Yep. Um, so when that song hits at some point in WWE and he's walking out to Judas, hopefully in a smart city, who's then going to start singing the song. Like it'll be the right. same. It'll be the Ocho. It'll be all that. And, and, and it'll be, that's, that's who he'll be in his final run. But so Sami Zayn, well, yeah, I could use the, the Daniel Bryan Danielson comparison, but I really do feel like we're there. And Kevin Owens too. I feel like we're yeah. there with him because they can be the same guy as, as a baby face or a heel. Rollins. That's true. I mean, same it, guy, it's, it's, baby it, face and it's Sammy kind of was like in that sort of like, it's yeah. weird. Like to see that conspiracy theorist heel character that then evolved. He still does that stuff, right? He yeah. still does that. I told you so. That's, that's so he does all that. It, it's, and you know, what's funny is that's kind of an indicator of, of if you're there is, can you be the same thing? As a babyface or a heel. Because look at Becky Lynch. She can do the same thing as a babyface or a heel. Same character. Sammy, Kevin, they've done it. Roman Reigns, when he eventually is a babyface again, which will happen, it's not like he's going to stop being the tribal chief and stop having the attitude that he has. In fact, it'll be the tribal tribal chief people want to get behind. Exactly. He is that now. So, yeah, it's, it's, I'm there. Uh, Um, I think that's Charlotte Flair. When she made this last comeback, she was she was a babyface from beating yeah, Ronda was. Rousey to losing to, to to Rhea Ripley. She was a babyface. Technically, right now, Oscar's the heel anyway. So yeah. you know the fans may not treat her as such because they love to hate on Charlotte. But she cheated to beat you know Bianca. Sort of. I mean, she spit on her hand with the mist and then rubbed it in her eyes. Like right. that's 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 not you know not fully on the up and up. So. But it advanced her character. But I do think that's part of the equation. When you can do the same thing as babyface or a heel, you've got your thing. You've got your thing. Like that's 
And that's where I think we've got that, you know, with, with so many, like Rollins. Rollins, the same thing. Miz, if Miz became a babyface, right. he'd still be the same dude. Like, that's where we are. You look at Braun Breaker in NXT. He's a completely new character now as a heel. Right. And if he ever turns babyface again, he's still going to be the character he is right now. Like, that's... He's the ultimate Steiner brother right now, and that's why I don't think he's going to change much, even though he's only two years into the business, three years into the business. I think he's already got that character. He's, you know, he's going to be sounds like Scott looks like Rick forever, and that's just, <laughs> and it's going to carry him to a very long and, and prosperous career. So awesome. Well, we're going to take a commercial break, and then we're going to come back and do ourselves a little list. So while we're doing that, go ahead and take yourself on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up one of those beautiful chair shot t-shirts. We got logos. We got slogans. We got podcast shirts. We got so much more right over there at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. So pick one up, get it in soft style, super comfortable. You get a shirt. We get support for everything that we do here at thechairshot.com and the Chairshot Radio Network. So again, that is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. We'll be right back. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. Right back. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. <laughs> Dean fucking Ambrose. Acknowledge me. Shut your dumb mouth. You just made the list. That last sound bite means it is time for us to do everybody's favorite portion of the program. We're going to make the list. So this week's list was, of course, given to us by the wrestling realist Patrick O'Dowd. So Patrick O'Dowd, what is the list that we are going to develop for this week? This week's list, Greg, completely on a whim. Ladies of the 80s. Ladies That was my choice. 80s. So women in wrestling from the 1980s. Doesn't necessarily have to be a wrestler. Correct. And I have some non-wrestlers on my I definitely, I definitely have a non-wrestler, a pair of, a couple non-wrestlers oh, yeah, on you here. Do. You do. Myself. And, and I think that there's one name that should immediately come to mind for everybody who should be the first person we put on the list. Maybe she will be the first person you put on the list. She will not be the first person I put on the list because as nah, you guys she'll probably know, be the last, she'll probably put the last person we put on the list. You think so? You know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We'll see. But as you guys know, <laughs> this is Patrick O'Dowd's list suggestion. Therefore I go first. We will take turns putting all six on the list. Then we will reverse it. Patrick O'Dowd will go first into his list, putting them in order. We will take turns till we get to one through six. And then we will have a group of six women or more where we can say congratulations. You just made the list. So I will start number one on the list. Everyone associates the rock and wrestling era with Hulk Hogan. And Vince McMahon using Hulk Hogan to push and develop the rock and wrestling era. However, before there was a WrestleMania, there was a brawl to end it all or settle the score or whatever it was called. The war to settle the score. The war to settle the score on MTV, which drew a huge rating. It, it was part of a house show at Madison Square Garden, but this part was broadcast where the fabulous Moolah ended her 27-year reign as WWF Women's Champion, although she had lost it and won it back times during then that wasn't televised, but recognized 20-plus year reign. And she lost to the person that I'm going to put on the list, a person who really had that, that, that rock and wrestling rocket strapped to her courtesy of MTV. And that is Wendy Richter. So Wendy Richter was on my list. Richter hardly and even knew her. Sorry. Just here's what's funny about, uh, about this. Cause I, I'm going to, I'm going to put this name out there okay, and you can veto it. Okay. But but you talked about the rock and wrestling era and what made that go. And as important as Wendy Richter was to making that go, mm -hmm. 
the woman who was ringside with her and was promoing okay. with her and doing videos, music videos involving professional wrestlers. Oh, okay. I, you froze on me, so I got worried. Cindy Lauper. I, I already I wrote her down. S- I'm not vetoing yeah. her. I wrote her down. Cindy Lauper, in my opinion, as important to the whole rock and wrestling era of the eighties. Oh, hundred percent. And she was actually who I was who was who I was going to name first. So I she, thought I, I actually thought did thought she, she go to the Hall of it? Fame before Wendy Richter did? She might have. She may have. She I was that off the effort that integral to. She was on my long list. There's no way. Because like you said, they don't have to have been wrestlers. Like, and okay. Modern day. If this happened now, she would end up wrestling in a tag match. Like it would happen. Right. But yeah, you can't have, she's a huge part of it. So literally the first people on our list are people that were part of that, that, that MTV special and and the war to go all. So with my second edition of the list, and this is hard now because I already know that people that I really want to put on the list won't be, but I, the WWE, WWF at the time, really featured women's wrestling off and on and, and not a whole lot. They featured women's tag team wrestling even less. But on the first ever Royal Rumble pay-per-view, I think it was the first one, maybe it was the second uh, one, first ever Royal Rumble event, and sometimes a Saturday night's main event, sometimes on television, and then disappear for months and whatever, come back. There would be some tag teams that would wrestle. And, and while you had some teams that were more staples, when this one came in, they presented a style that was so much different than everyone else and, and could have launched a whole generation of wrestling stars. And, and it turned people on to things that exist today, like a stardom and, and a women's evolution and so much more. But got to give some love and some credit before all that ever took place to a tag team knows, known as the Jumping Bomb Angels from Japan in the 1980s. So my second edition, third overall to the list, are the Jumping Bomb Angels. Very nice. Right. Okay. As you mentioned, this is where it starts to get tough. Yes. So here I am. I'm looking at this list of names that I got left on here. And uh, one, every name I have on here left was was a valet at some point. Was it what? Was a valet. Okay. Uh, they, they may have wrestled too. Right. Um. Well, I take I take it back. One of them wasn't a valet. I don't think they were ever a valet. I think they were uh, just an interviewer. But um, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to my AWA roots again because uh, I got I got I got to represent the AWA. I love this woman, and if you ask anybody in professional wrestling who worked with her today, their thoughts about Sherry Martel, they will they will tell you how amazing she was uh, to work with and to be around. And, and, you know, it was, uh, I legitimately sad when she passed away because she was, she could wrestle, Mm -hmm. she could manage, she could wrestle and manage. She, She you know, she did it all. And she, you know, she ever do commentary because I think she could have. I don't know if she ever did commentary like on the, um, she definitely sat at the table at, at different points to yeah. talk about whatever. But, but you know, from the time she she started wrestling in like the early '80s before she ended up on the AWA again as a as a wrestler slash foil for Medusa while also managing um, uh, my tag team Playboy Buddy Rose and um, God damn it, I'm forgetting the other guy's name. Um, Doug Summers. Doug Pretty Summers. boy Doug Pretty Summers. Pretty boy Doug Summers. Um, like, like she did it all. And then she moved on to the WWE where she was mainly a manager, uh, but wrestled. Um, I think she even held the championship. As well. She held the championship when she debuted. Uh, but then again, like then they, you know, started putting her with like Shawn Michaels and the Macho Man. Obviously, she managed Ted DiBiase in the night in the early 90s and all that. Um, she was special. So she's going to be my number two. As, well deserved well deserved now it gets really tough because there's two spots left one for each of us and i still right. have one two three four five six people 
that I could put on my list, despite the four that are already on there, all of whom I had on my list as potentials for this. So I am going to go with one that really raised a lot of, of eyebrows and I, damn, it's hard. It's really, really difficult. It's really, really difficult. Well, ba- basically, I got it down the to way two. that you're doing this. Cause the way you're doing this right now, I have a feeling that I will have no choice for my list. I'll put it that way. Uh, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, unless you want to leave the linchpin for what you believe to be the greatest storyline in wrestling history off the list. Completely. No, you can't, you can't do it. You can't do it. Cause but I like, would, um, I wouldn't, but, but in this, but I'm not picking that person. So, um, God, but I, it's literally between two, but I am also going to travel back to the Northern Midwest, back to the AWA. Although this person competed in the WWF, although this person competed in WCW and this person is in the WWE hall of fame, I am going to put Medusa Michelli. Cause that was her original wrestling name, but Medusa yep. on the list as my third and final member of the list. One of the original Paul Heyman girls. Yeah, that's true. Which leaves you with who, Patrick O'Dowd? You gotta, you can't, you can't talk about 80 women in wrestling in the eighties and not talk about Elizabeth. You can't do it. Like it is, it it, it was a question of who, because you get to go first, you were able to force that issue because there like the Twitter beef would have happened from at least one or two other chair shot people if we left. Absolutely, Elizabeth out of the uh, and we've had the 80s, so egregious, you know, egregiously left people. I don't know off if I call it before. egregious, but there have been times where it's been like, how in the <laughs> world do we not have this person on our list? Miss Elizabeth yes. would have been right up there at the top of that list of yeah. Miss Elizabeth would have been egregious, yeah, uh, and you know it's. It's amazing the impact that woman had by like never not wrestling. wrestling until WCW in the two in two thousand. Did she actually wrestle? I don't even remember. She she got in the ring like twice. Um, no. The only reason I know this is I listened eighty three weeks. This but week. this is ladies of the eighties, not the two thousand. Right. So we're good. So, but but yeah, Miss Elizabeth, uh, as you pointed out, the linchpin of yes. the the storyline I have long talked about as. My favorite of all time, the mega powers exploding. Lots did it eyes. All right, so I've crossed the six off my list, so that leaves me with one, two, three, four honorable mentions myself, and I'm sure you have some as well. Who did you oh, have on the long list that didn't make the list list? Um, I said that the, I don't think this this person was if they were a manager, I don't remember Missy Hyatt. Backstage right. interview yeah. back in the day. She was she was like the pinup queen of the late eighties. Right. The sunny before there was sunny. Yep. Do we want to trade or do you just want to rattle off? You can keep two. going. Yeah, I have two others. All right. So um I'm sure this one was on your list. Um I can't imagine with as much as you love, you know, uh NWA, four horsemen, um Terry, you know. Um, you know, baby doll has to be on there, right? Like baby doll is on your list. Third person I put um, down when I made the list. And then this is actually the last one that I had on my honorable mentions. Um, I love this guy, and he was always polarizing as a wrestler. Uh, for some reason, I like I I never understood it because I thought he was hilarious and I thought he was good and really underrated. I think it was, you know. The honorary free bird that was Jimmy Garvin, uh, it precious. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Garvin was precious, and it was all like you know from his world class championship wrestling days to his early time in, the, in WCW. Precious was it was all about her. They're both on my yeah, list. And, yep, yeah. and literally three and four. Like I went Wendy Richter, Jumping Bomb Angels, Baby Doll, Precious, Baby Doll because. I still don't know what were on the, what was on the photos that she gave to Dusty Rhodes. Like, and it's we a joke yeah. amongst the old school fans. Like, what was on Baby Doll's photos? They they never. I think I even like once replied to a tweet that she put out 
uh, you know, bringing up the photos or whatever. And she just laughed about it or whatever. I, don't think I, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you the thing that my favorite baby doll thing, um, was when dusty had her for 30 days and she escapes the ranch, like trick, tricks him into letting her like hop on a horse and ride. And she just rides off and they, they do like say like something out of a bad comedy sketch where they're like chasing her down. Like the Jezebel, she running away. And baby doll escapes for like five minutes. Good stuff. The other two that I had that you have not said, um, old school WWE. She was a ring announcer. She was a referee. She probably did backstage interviews as well. And that was Mike McGurk, who I know was part of some litigation with the company, who was actually the daughter of a wrestling promoter. And the last one that I had was legendary Japanese performer who eventually came over to the States and, and and made a name for herself. And I did not know until I was confirming dates today, eventually became a professional golfer, which I was not aware of. Hmm. And that is Bull Nakano, who um, in like oh, 2006 or whatever became a member of the Women's Pro Golf Tour in Japan. So, yeah. Wow. Very, very good. How about so, that? There you go. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to take the six that did, well, seven, but six entities that made our list and put them in order right here on The Greg DeMarco Show. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always use your head. You just made the list! We are back and it's time to take the people who made the list and now put them in order. So the list is, of course, ladies of the 80s. This is Patrick O'Dowd's list. Therefore, Patrick O'Dowd gets to go first. We will take turns and put these six in order. Patrick O'Dowd, who will be achieving the ranking of number one? She was the last name I listed, but the first one I'm going to put on this list. Uh, and I don't know that there's much argument from anybody, Miss Elizabeth. You really can't. You really can't argue. And I do think you've got to put Miss Elizabeth number one on the list. I am going to go back to my very first pick with Randy Richter, who, who was a huge part of the rock and wrestling area getting kicked off, and put her at number two. Cool. I am going to then go with. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, this this might be a chalk day, Greg. I'm not sure. It might go chalk, but I'm gonna go Sherry, um, for for my next pick. Uh, I just think that she was, she's she was just so prevalent. I, I I had between one or two that you were gonna put right there, and and Sherry was. Had you not put Sherry three, I would have put her four. But since you did, I am going to put Medusa at number four, bringing it back to you for number five. So I love your pick of the jumping Bob angels. Like I love them. Um, however, they, they were here for a cup of coffee, man. It really in the eighties, unless you were a tape trader. And again, I think you can't understate the influence that Cindy Lauper had in making the WWF, the WWF during the rock and wrestling era. As much as anybody who who performed and worked there. I, I can't argue with you. I think it's a great pick. Meaning I will put the Jumping Bomb Angels at number six. So you just made the list. Congratulations to Miss Elizabeth, Wendy Richter, Sherry Martell, Medusa Michelli, Cindy Lauper, and the Jumping Bomb Angels. All seven of you. You just made the list. And with that... We bring this week's show to a close. Shut up! Patrick, get out anything for the people to remember as we bid them adieu. Um, no, I don't think so. I think that uh, this is always such a weird time in wrestling, right? It is. Because it's really not that exciting. I, like I don't one, know. I, I mean, I, I shouldn't say it's not that exciting. That's, that's not fair. But... 
we always talk about it. Like the summer is when things kind of slow down. It's a little bit of a different vibe. I think they're doing a good companies. job of, of not doing that. I think that the summer changes for us as humans and then affects sure. our, our patterns and the things that we do. But I don't know. I don't feel like there's this summer lull this year in the product because we just had that draft. We just had, you know, the, the mega event in Puerto Rico. We're getting ready to take a big event over to London. Yeah, I just think it's 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 less about the business changing right now for the summer and more about us as people going into summertime mode. Uh, maybe. That's what I think. I don't know. That's what I think. Anyway, so yeah, we got. I mean, we're look, we're about to give some people some briefcases. Like we're about to True. do a lot of a lot of really good things. Well, and and let's talk. Let's be real. The briefcases are the time we take a flyer. Maybe it depends. Right? Not always a lot. Not only. I mean, we did get Brock Lesnar. I have but, a feeling uh, with this being you know the first set of briefcases with Triple H in charge. I, I think we're going to be point? taking a flyer on at least one, if not both of them. So okay. everybody thinks it's going to be LA night. I really think it's going to be, I mean, it could be Logan Paul, but he already had the title shot thing and he's already had the few with Seth Rollins. I really think we might see Damian priest get the, get the briefcase. I really, yeah, that'd be cool. I really do. On the women's side, I, I don't even know. Um, it'd, it'd be hard to tell. I just hope that whoever wins the women's briefcase doesn't just turn around and cash in on the same night. Cause they've been doing that year. They, they after do that. Year all after year. The, yeah. It's it's getting old. Or the next. Um, one. Yeah, I here. I, I guess the only other thing I can share is that I checked out Impact for the first time in a long time. Still think Joe Hendry's awesome. And like, Alex Shelley, awesome. Your Impact Wrestling World Alex, Champion. Alex Shelley and uh, Chris Saban. Saban and Shelley both. Yeah, but Saban has had has held Saban, the, has held the, the X division title more like times than we nine. have fingers. But Alex Shelley being no, Chris Saban held the world title two or three times. But Alex Shelley getting right. that world title runs pretty crazy at this stage. Dude's oh no, retired it's, it's like crazy. It's 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 a fun it's a fun little story for for Alex Shelley. And yeah. again, he's he's the guy who you know kind of shattered my illusion of what a pro wrestler could be as I watched him walk out of a shower. At, at, at a Ring of Honor show, shorter and he was me. shorter than I was, and I was like, "Oh, wait a tick!" And yeah, so good on him. Um, am surprised that that Macklin didn't. Keep you know, it. it's interesting because remember when when Magnus before he was Nick Aldis when when he was Magnus, right. he won the Impact Wrestling World Title. And then not too long later, lost it to Eric Young. And everyone was like, right. we waited forever for this guy to become world champion. And he just loses it to Eric Young like that. Like right. th- that seemed a little, a little odd. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're hitting that time of year where this thing used to take place. Kind of feels like the perfect time for Chris Saban to remind everybody there was this thing called option C invented by That's Austin true. Aries. That'd be a hell of a storyline for them. To pull with the, the Motor City Machine Guns. That'd be a fun time. And you could main event a pay-per-view or whatever they do. They do a lot of their own specials as well. With Chris Saban versus Alex Shelley for the Impact Wrestling World Championship. Kind of a lifetime achievement award, but kind of not. So good on them. And, and good, yeah. on, good on it. You know what? No, no matter what, no matter who wins the Impact Wrestling World Championship, Alex Shelley, whoever, still never going to be more of a really that person was world champion than Rich Swan. So it's, it's, we're all, we're all good. That's fair. So we are all good there. Fair, fair, fair. So until next time, we'll see what the world of pro wrestling gives us here in the next seven days for Patrick O'Dowd at wrestling realist, W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T for me, Greg DeMarco at Greg DeMarco four, four. We thank you for listening and we will talk to you next time right here on the Greg DeMarco show. You got no choice. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? 
I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.